when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, Happy New Year, my friends. We made it. It's 2022. We are all here in one, well, I'm not in one piece, actually. I'm missing several organs and breasts and all the rest of it, but <laughs> I'm here. I am here. I actually, I guess I am in one piece. Uh, just pieces have been taken out. So anyway, 2022, we're taking it to the limit. So happy new year. Happy new year. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you today about whether or not you are living in your zone of genius. Before we get there, I'm going to do a reader shout out. This is actually a podcast shout out. Um, It says career and life changing all at once, five stars. And here she says, have been listening since Sari started the podcast because I thought her grasp of the problems we face in jury selection is dead on. But she has been taking her insights to even more profound levels lately. Her recent episodes on time and money would be useful for anyone, lawyer or not. But they struck me as the best career advice I have ever gotten. The best trial lawyers in the country are following Sari for a reason. She has us figured out and wants to help us realize our dreams. Well, that is for sure. I do want to help you realize your dreams. And thank you so much for your um, shout out there and uh, for your review. And if you haven't reviewed the podcast, I I just, it gives me such joy to read those reviews. So please do that. And if you haven't reviewed the book, you can go to trialguides.com and review it there. We are the highest rated trial guides book currently and the only trial guides book that has ever reached 100 reviews. In fact, we're over that. We're at 106 reviews. So thank you for all of you, to all of you for allowing us to get there. Well, today we are talking about the concept of zone of genius. And we just did a training on this in the H2H crew. By the way, we are opening the H2H crew January 26th. Mark your calendars, January 26th, because we will only be open for three days and you're going to want to get in on this one. If you've been waiting, well, wait no longer because the price is about to shoot through the roof in April. I'm going to tell you why at the end of today's podcast, but January is really your last time to get in at the lowest price ever. Okay, so we've been doing a training in the H2H crew this whole month. In fact, this whole quarter is around getting into your zone of genius. And so I thought I'd do a couple podcast episodes for the From Hostage to Hero community on this concept, get you also thinking about this because as much as I love my paying members, I also love my free community and I want to give you some things to think about. Of course, we go into these concepts quite deeply in the crew, which is why you want to join. Uh, it's not just about whether you have a trial coming up, okay? It's it's all about changing your life. It's like purchasing your own coach, but you get many coaches and many consultants 
We've added another coach and uh, you just, you get to practice trial if you've got it. If you don't, you've got, you get to work on your mindset. You get to get your life right. Okay. Enough about the crew. I just love the crew so much. Okay. So here's where this concept comes from. It comes from the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, which I highly recommend that you get. And he talks about in that book, the four different zones that we tend to operate in. So let's go through both or through all of those to give you kind of a sense of what we're talking about. And uh, if you want to take notes, feel free. Of course, if you're driving, don't do that. But the first zone that Gay talks about is the zone of incompetence. So this is the zone, and, and you can think about your work life here, where you are doing things that you are bad at. Okay, so maybe like for me, I'm just not great at marketing. And and yet when I first started my business, I had to do all that by myself. We are now in a position where we're going to be hiring help for that. And um, I just have never felt like I, I understood it well enough or do it well enough. And, and it's something that I've always struggled with. So that is in my zone of incompetence. And you might think, what are some things that you are doing or have done in your life in, in the previous um, time or, or present time that you shouldn't have been doing because you're bad at it? All right, that's the zone of incompetence. The zone of competence then is things that you're competent at, but that other people could do just as well. So you're neither bad at it or great at it. It's just something that you can do, but other people can do it as well. So maybe that's motion writing for you, or maybe that's taking a deposition. Uh, Maybe that's marketing, whatever it might be. You're good. You're not great at it, but you're not bad at it. That's your zone of competence. Your zone of excellence are activities that you do extremely well. So these are things that you do that you that you can do really, really well. You can do them probably better than most people. And then that leaves us with the zone of X, or I'm sorry, the zone of genius, which is things that you are uniquely suited to do, but that you also love doing. Now, if we go back and we look at what each of these zones feel like when we're operating in them, you might find this to be a bit surprising, meaning that the zone of incompetence tends to be a place of discomfort. We are uncomfortable in the zone of incompetence. Nobody likes to do things or spend time doing things that they are bad at. The zone of competence is kind of a neutral zone, right? It, it doesn't like get us excited, but we don't feel bad about it either. They're just kind of humdrum, mundane things that we just do and spend our time on, but it doesn't give us a good charge. It doesn't give us a bad charge. The zone of excellence is where we're comfortable, right? So this is our comfort zone. It feels good to be in this zone. The zone of genius might surprise you. If I were to ask you, how do you feel in the zone of genius? The answer for most of us, at least initially, is also uncomfortable, just like the zone of incompetence. And we're going to talk about why that is in depth next week when we talk about the upper limit problem. But 
just know that when you are operating in your zone of genius, it does take a big leap. It does take big action for you to get there. And it does take rewiring your brain in such a way that you can sustain being in that place. Now, here's why you want to be and spend the majority, 70% or above is what Gay says, of your time in your zone of genius. It is because this is your ultimate path to success and life satisfaction. In that way, the zone of excellence is the most dangerous zone. Because when you are operating in your zone of excellence, you aren't risking anything. You are comfortable. I mean, that's why we call it our comfort zone. And it's, it's very seductive and alluring because like most people, we like to be comfortable, we like to be safe, and we like to do things that we're good at. But this is the one zone that keeps us from our zone of genius because it is comfortable and safe. We don't do the things, we don't make the leaps that can get us into our zone of genius where we're really totally meant to be. You see, all of us are, are built, created, made, whatever your, your thoughts are on that, to not realize some ideal, like to be like Rick Friedman, to be like Nick Rowley, whatever it might be, but to recognize our unique gifts and, and explore those and, and realize them in the most magnificent way in this life. That is what we are meant to do, at least in my mind. And in order to do that, or if you do that, you are then operating in your zone of genius. But where we get trapped or ensnared is when we hit our zone of excellence and things are humming along, we don't want to rock the boat, do we? Right? It's, it's a little scary to go and really access your gifts and, and, and play with doing something in a different way, particularly because in order to do that, you're going to have to start saying no to more things than you ever imagined. So when we're looking at this whole idea of zone of genius, I want you to be thinking about how and where you shine. And so I'm going to give you some questions here to be thinking about how or what your zone of genius is. All right. So the first question that I'm going to give you is what do you most love to do? Meaning you love this thing so much that you can do it for long stretches of time without getting tired or bored. So for me, that would be teaching and speaking. I love teaching and speaking. It is just something I could do without preparation all day long. And I absolutely love it as long as my voice holds out. That is my thing that I love, love, love to do. So what is your thing that you love to to do. And just, it just never bores you. The second question that I'm going to ask you is what work do you do that doesn't 
seem like work. In other words, when you're doing this thing, you utterly lose track of time. You're just having so much fun. What would that be? Think about that for a minute. The third question that I'm going to ask you is, in your work, what produces the biggest result with the smallest effort? In other words, what produces the highest ratio of success or satisfaction compared to the amount of time spent? Like what's easy for you to do that also gets you money in the door or gives you a lot of satisfaction? That's, that's what, to me, what really crystallized this question was what's easy? Like what's the, how's the easiest way that I make money? And I almost always find that it is absolutely in tune with something I love to do. If it's super easy for me and I love it, it normally also reflects in my bank account. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to use your bank account as a way to figure this out, but that's just for me. What's, e- what's my easiest way of making money that I also love? That gets me into my zone of genius quite easily. And the fourth question I'm going to ask you is what is your unique ability? There is a special skill that you and only you are gifted with. And this unique ability, fully realized and put to work, can provide enormous benefit to you and any organization or person that you serve. So what is it? So for example, for me, I love teaching and speaking, as I said whether that's on stage or here in the podcast or in the crew or in the webinars that we do. But beyond that, what I really, really love to do or what's unique to me and why I think people listen to me is that I have a unique skill of taking concepts that are either complex, like when I'm working on up trials, or that are too surreal or out there and making them very simple in the trial trial, um, consulting example, or making them very practical in the latter example. That's my unique skill is that I take concepts from everywhere, bring them to you all in a way that you can immediately apply in your lives and see big changes. And when we did this training in the crew, somebody uh, posted in the Facebook group and they, and we were talking about the zone of genius and they said, and not in the um, public one, the private one, which is why you wouldn't see this, but they said, I absolutely know what mine is, meaning the zone of genius. Um, I feel light, free and empowered. And it's a different feeling than anything else that I do. And I truly love it. If you're having to analyze it and compare a number of things you're quote unquote good at equally, none of those things are it. You'll know it when you feel it. I just love that. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Because things can get messy when you start figuring out, well, what am I good at? And what do I love to do? But it's really a feeling of, oh my goodness, this is it. This lights me up. That's what I want you thinking about. Here's a couple other questions as you're thinking about what your zone of genius is. First question here is, fill in the blank. I'm at my best when? So again, for me, I'm my best when I'm teaching or speaking. 
Second question then, and, and, and Gay talks about this in the book, that getting to your zone of genius is kind of like the Russian nesting dolls, right? So what you're good at is the outside doll, and then you keep peeling away to get to that tiny little doll on the inside. So the next question is, when I'm at my best, the exact thing I'm doing is, right? So I would take teaching and speaking, and I'd say the exact thing I'm doing is I'm taking complex or, or kind of nebulous or surreal concepts and making them simple and practical, right? So that's my, my next Russian doll on the inside. And then the third one is, and when I'm doing that, the thing I love most about it is, so there's your third fill in the blank. And for me, I would say, I love seeing people actually use the information and, and get and see and, and, and achieve change in their life. I love the end result. And I love watching that result. That's what my zone of genius is. And here's what's really important to think about is that when you're in your zone of genius or when you've identified your zone of genius, it is now going to take a big leap to get you living there. You can't get there by hops. That is another way that we tend to think through this and and get stuck or ensnared in the zone of excellence. We think, well, that is what I love to be doing. That is what I'm uniquely suited to do. But I've got so many things to do here in my zone of excellence or zone of competence that, you know, I'll, I'll just slowly make some strides and eventually I'll get there. That's a big fucking lie. Absolutely. Let me give you an example from my own life. So I am really good at corporate training, like really good. Like people just loved it when I did my corporate training on on honorable communication and how to, you know, get ahead in your job, how to work with your colleagues, all the things. I mean, I'm really good at it. But when I recognized what my true calling was, which was to work with trial attorneys, not just trial attorneys, but plaintiff trial attorneys, and not just plenty of trial attorneys, but attorneys that go to trial, um, I had to get real quick, clear real quick about what I wanted to spend my time on. If I really wanted to be in my zone of genius 70% of the time, which was working with lawyers, I have no lawyer background. I have no lawyer background. Why this is my zone of genius, I have no idea. I just know that it is. I just know after working with my first attorney, that this was what I was meant to do and that I would learn all the the jargon and the lingo as I went along and all the things you guys are facing. But the more I got into it, the more I knew this is exactly where I needed to be. But in that moment years ago, when I recognized that I didn't have a big following, I didn't have a podcast, I didn't have a book. A lot of people didn't even know who the hell I was. Most people didn't know who the hell I was. So I could have sat there and said, well, I'm going to continue doing this corporate training and just try to you know, like develop some, some legal material here and there. But I tell you, that wouldn't have gotten me where I am today. I had to make a big leap. And so I decided to close a company I had spent nearly two decades building. Forte was, was the name of, of my company before, um, which I loved, that name. I, I loved it. We spent a lot of time in a rebrand process for that. And it was all about the idea of um, forte being a musical word, which, you know, music is in my background, or um, 
forte also meaning that uh, it's something you're good at. It was the whole rock star theme. Be bold, be real, be, be a communication rock star. I, we spent a lot of time and investment in that. And my big leap w- was to stop what I was doing and i.e. getting paid to do and totally make the leap by shutting the business and just rebranding as Sari Delamont Coaching Consultant and going all in with trial lawyers. That was my big leap. And here's an example of how that is fucking uncomfortable. I had no idea if y'all would accept me. I had no idea if you'd listen to somebody who didn't have a legal background. I had zero idea that this would, this would work out. All I knew was that that was where my zone of genius was and that that was where I needed to play. I had no guarantees that it would work out. But making that big leap is what absolutely allowed me to be where I am today. Now, here is the, here is the, the, the bad news. <laughs> is once you get into your zone of genius, once you're in your zone, there's always going to be another zone. Gay talks about in the book about how you come out of the box and you get on the spiral. So you're constantly spiraling up. Right. So once I was in my zone of genius working with clients and 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 doing all the things that I love doing, I started to realize within that setting, there were some things that I was even more good at. Right. Which is teaching and speaking and 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 creating, which meant I couldn't do as much of the trial consulting that I wanted to do. So I had started to start saying no to those things, which were bringing in lots of money. Every time I had to make a new leap, it meant saying no to something that was totally in my zone of excellence that totally could make me tons of money. But I knew that if I wanted to continue to evolve, to be who I am now, and I'm going to continue from this place, that I needed to continually say no to things and let them drop off my schedule and look forward into my zone of genius. Because here's the thing about your zone of genius is that it is a calling, it is a calling. And if you do not heed that call, it's going to show up in your life. It's going to show up as depression. It's going to show up as illness. It may show up as substance abuse, relationship conflict, but it's going to fucking show up because this is what you are being called to do. So my question to you is, what is your calling? And my second question to you is, what are you telling yourself about why you can't heed that call. Because the other thing I know about all y'all and my clients is that you all have a story. I had one too about why you couldn't make the leap into your zone of genius. There's always a story. I don't have enough time. Well, get the time management course that just came out and you will have enough time. I I guarantee you. Because once you take ownership of your time, then you're going to have a completely different relationship with time. I don't have money. Listen, money comes after, not first. It is a reflection as our last couple of podcasts back in December we're talking about. It is not anything that makes things happen. It's a reflection of what is happening. Money comes later. When you make your big leap into your zone of genius You have to trust that the money is what is going to reflect back to you. Not, I start with money so that I can leap. Now, next week, we're going to talk about 
what is really preventing you from leaping and why you like to stay in your, in your zone of excellence by talking about the upper limit problem. But this week, I want you to try and put the saboteur stuff aside and just play with those questions. There's seven questions, the first four, and then I give you three additional to really get clear about what your zone of genius is. Now, I promised I would talk about the, the crew opening on the 26th, so let me do so quickly. We are adding live jurors. I keep laughing every time I say that because it's not like we were playing with dead jurors before, but actual jurors instead of using each other as um, people to practice on. We're adding an abs- a new thing in the crew called Mock Jury on Tap where you can sign up every month and get some time, again, first come, first served, with actual jurors. We're going to be curating them. You don't have to do anything except for sign up and show up and play. Now, because of that, the cost of the membership is going to go up quite a bit. So January 26, 27, 28 are literally the last three days that you have to pay the lowest price that you will ever pay for the H2H membership. And every time we go up in price, you will stay at the price that you paid when you joined, as long as you stay in the membership. So our founders who joined way back when, in 2020, they are paying a fraction of what it's going to be going to cost. We're adding new coaches. We already added one. We're adding new consultants. We have new programs. We have all kinds of amazing things coming up. Do not miss January's opening. Go to fromhostagetohero.com. Sign up for the wait list. That will let you know when it's open. And then you just need to register during that three-day window. Do not email me afterwards. That's your last chance. You've been warned. I can't wait to welcome you into the crew. Talk soon, my friends. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, head over to fromhostagetohero.com to order your copy of my book, From Hostage to Hero, Captivate the Jury by Setting Them Free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then.